Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Which brings us to our full court press before game number two. One of our favorites, John Hollinger from ESPN.com, joining us here. Max may not remember, may not realize, when you were off moonlighting at NBA TV last year. And by the way, some of the higher-ups from NBA TV are here in this building because they're doing this game. So if you have any financial remuneration that they owe you, this may be the opportunity for you to pursue that. But John sat in with us for a a fun night that we had that we enjoyed uh, together, which I think was in April last year. Mm -hmm. Were you, John, uh, shocked, as all of us were, that the league somehow didn't buy the Rajon Rondo explanation? That it seemed perfectly logical that he tripped and bumped into the referee. Yeah, you know, it was funny. After the game, Doc said he would be surprised if if Rondo was suspended, which I think was for public consumption. I'm sure he had to know uh, inside. And uh, obviously that was a huge mental error uh, by the Celtics, both just at the time of the game because it essentially iced the game and because of what it means tonight, much more difficult for the Celtics to get the equalizer now. All right, you watched the Hawks, obviously, a lot over the last few years. This team, which has been together consistently, were you – surprised as most people were by how game one not just how it ended but how it started yeah i mean the way they came out scoring i mean nobody scores 20 points in five minutes on this boston team and and the way boston uh, atlanta just came out uh, offensively was a real shock to me and the celtics were down two touchdowns before they knew what hit them and that was really the game right there really funny i you know i get back to the subject you guys were talking about rondo a little bit earlier and i happened to talk see rondo at the hotel and i talked to him at He's walking in. I said, you big bully. And he kind of laughed. And he came over and started talking to me. And, and his explanation to me was, you know, Max, I didn't mean to do that. He, he, the referee stopped short. And when he stopped short, my momentum carried him into it. But, you know, if you're Rondo, you don't put yourself in that position at all, especially in a game like that, considering all the stakes that have to go along with it. And considering you will not be leaving your team in the next game. Yeah, exactly, because even even up until that point, I mean, the technical foul alone was a terrible decision. I mean, you can't get a technical yeah. foul in the last minute of a four-point game like that. The As we take a step back here, and you've done a lot of work with statistics and analytics, and a lot of it makes people's head spin, but I thought this was a fascinating year. We had a conversation in Boston the other day about whether this season and it, it, your projections as a result are spot-on more than most people's are because – if you really look at the numbers long and hard enough, there really is a pattern. It's like I call it like chaos theory. If you look at the patterns enough, you can sort of make sense of things. Did this season, or is this too early to really analyze it, did this season skew the numbers that you are used to looking at because of the nature of it? Well, we still don't know really like how much weight we need to put on that first month mm-hmm. uh, because that, that I think, was the really weird part. And then uh, – we. And then teams started to get their legs a little more and started to be mostly what we thought they would be. But some of these veteran teams, especially, you know, Dallas, the Celtics, that first month or two months, they really didn't look like themselves at all. And one of the interesting things about these playoffs, I think, is we, we still don't know exactly what all that means. I mean, was, was Boston in March just an isolated hot streak, or was that what they really are? We don't know yet. And... And we're going to find out, I think, in these coming weeks. After watching so many of these games and watching the Miami Heat play, what did you think about, you know, the whole LeBron-Carmelo matchup? Because I talked to Daryl Walker, the assistant coach for the Knicks, and he told me, he said, you know what? I think, in my mind, LeBron doesn't want Carmelo at all. 
Maybe that was the wrong thing to say. <laughs> LeBron is killing him. <laughs> I mean, and, uh, you know, it's not just LeBron, though. I mean, the Knicks were completely unprepared with, for the fronting strategy that Miami did in game one, and then they got bent out of shape by the officials. That had nothing to do with LeBron. That was, that was just the Knicks and the other players that are there. And now I think you look at the Knicks, too, and they're really running out of players. When you look at, you know, Chandler's still recovering from the flu. They lost Shumpert. Uh, Stoudemire with the hand now. Uh, it's going to get harder for them. Baron Davis is back is another issue. I mean, so uh, it's. I don't think it's just Melo versus James, but obviously the, you know, the idea that Melo is an equal to LeBron, I think mm. was was a serious stretch coming into this series, and I think now it, we see why. On the other hand, Evan Turner maybe knew what he was talking about when he said he wanted Chicago. Maybe he knew something ahead of time going yeah. into uh, going into that series. Uh, everybody that we have in your in your chair in this segment throughout the course of the year, I have asked about Twitter because it has changed virtually. It changed all of our jobs in every in the way we approach it and everything we do. And you've been sort of at the at the forefront of it. What? How has it changed the way you approach your job and cover the games and cover the league? Um, it's allowed me to be more of a smart aleck, which is kind of fun. Uh, but on more seriously, I think it's allowed for a lot more interaction with the audience, which I really, before that, I could only do with uh, email, which now seems horrifically slow, um, or, you know, in a chat session on ESPN.com, which I, which I still do, but that was just one hour once a week. And now it's really 24-7 where I can have this conversation with the readers. I know almost immediately how they're reacting to certain things that I've written and, uh, and, and sort of just what emotions are out there that, you know, that maybe there's a story that we're missing that, that the fans are really interested in, and we kind of get that by having that feedback. Would you, so I think it's been great. What you being on Twitter, tell me the opposite side of that. I always wonder what Sean thinks, but tell me the opposite side, the danger of it, with you being a smart addict. <laughs> of all the things we've seen and heard <laughs> it, with people tweeting these days. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, you have enough rope to hang yourself. There's no question. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and, and 140 characters is, is plenty of room to do it. Uh, if, if you want to. So uh, so you have to be careful that way. And then, uh, you know, people will tell you things that are uncomfortable sometimes. <laughs> you know, you're having a dialogue with people. Not all of them necessarily agree with everything you've written. Uh, and especially when you're dealing with fans, um, you know, generally when I cover a game, about 80% of the fans of both teams think I'm exactly. just horribly biased against them. And, and so they, they react because of it, especially if their team lost. All right, John Hollinger from ESPN.com joining us here before game two in the, in the last 10 seconds. Uh, you, did your opinion of what's going to happen in the series change after game one? End result. Uh, only because of the suspension, I think. I had Celtics in six coming into this, but it's going to be very hard to do that if they're down 2-0. Still to come, our conversation with the head coach, Doc Rivers, when we return. Quick trip around said NBA, and then it's game number two from Phillips Arena on the WEEI Celtics radio network. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.